The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and of course past performance does not guarantee future returns. Citizens of the nation, welcome back to On the Rag, a podcast for and about the mana of woman. Ko Alex Casey Aho, I am joined as always by Leonie Hayden. Kia ora. And Michelle Court. Merry Christmas. Hey. Yeah, well, yeah. Is it? It's not yet. I think we should just get stuck enough. in though. Yeah. The season. Yeah. 2nd of December. And it's, it's, it's not too early. It's yeah. It was it was too early, but it's okay now. You yeah, can put your trees up. The zone. I nearly bought a uh, Christmas tree yesterday, but then I thought, no, I don't know what to do. Moral quandary. Is a real one fine in 2019? Um, if it's his, uh, this talk about whether plastic trees, if you use, apparently if you use a plastic tree for 20 or more years, then the carbon emissions involved in producing it are less than chopping down a tree, which tends to be seven years old and so has done uh, something for the planet over those seven years before it gets chopped down. So it's it's a bob each way. Oh, goodness me. I have a I have a, a tree that's made of I don't know, it's a thing. Um <laughs> and it stands about three feet high. Made and of hopes and dreams. It is made <laughs> of hopes and dreams and I love it. I bought it from one of my favorite local gift stores and it's a bit weird looking and <clears throat> but I love it and I hang off it souvenirs from our travels oh that's nice well I think so but I discovered <laughs> I've been doing it for years I discovered that uh various people who come to my house think it's fucking ridiculous and I'm embarrassed what? now and I don't know if I want to put it up this year just because I'm I'm doing Christmas differently this year I don't want to do any of the oh usual dear. things I don't like this tree shaming I know I, I, feel, I feel like I will go back to it, it it's got you, you. you know stuff from New Orleans and and, and Niagara Falls and Italy and I mean it, yeah there's souvenirs so it's mm. kind of stupid but I think if you look at it with ironic eyes it's great mm. I went to a uh, a Christmas party yesterday with just a group of my close gal pals and we decorated my friend's tree trees. <gasps> she had three okay. wow. because she has so many Christmas decorations she needed three. Wow. Um, and she's the same as you. She has Christmas decorations from all around the world, yeah. everywhere she's ever been. And so she was like handing us ones 
to, that we had to put up like based on our personalities Yay. or places that we'd been or whatever. And I got given um, Black Jesus, no, sorry, Black Santa riding a crocodile from New Orleans. Yes, I'm familiar with Black Santa. Yeah, and uh, Alien Roswell. Great. One. Oh, yes, great. So I was like, this is fun. You see, this is... This but is yeah, my theory. There were hundreds Christmas. of them. It took us a while. Wow. That's really good. It's a good time. Mm. It's really great. This is a feminist podcast about <laughs> news and media. <laughs> As you'll be well aware. Um, before we go any further, big shout out to our sponsors, our partners at the Women's Bookshop who make this podcast possible. If you're in Auckland, you can check them out in real life on Ponsonby Road or on the internet at www.womensbookshop.co.nz. This month, we're giving away a copy of The Seven Necessary Sins for Women and Girls by Mona El-Tahawi, a Muslim feminist legend. You might know her from her first book, Hymens and Headscarves. Wonderful title for a book. Mm. If you would like to win that, you can head to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash on the rag pod. That sounds awesome. It does sound good, eh? Yeah. We've got giveaways. I mean, also, get in before Christmas. Yeah. I promise I'll send it off on time. Yeah. Present for you, <laughs> present for someone else. Exactly. Present, rip out a, don't rip out a page. Don't rip out a page. Don't do that. that. Don't do that. But you could. Sick religious. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Should talk about the spin-off members briefly before we get into it. Hey. You might be aware we, are, we have a... Supporters Club that we launched a couple months ago uh, called the Spinoff Members, where you can pay as little as a dollar a week to help uh, support our work, things like On The Rag, things like long-form investigative journalism, whatever it is at the Spinoff that you like, it's a way of contributing to that. In December, we've changed. We were giving away the Spinoff book if you contributed $80 or more, but now... Tea towel. I love a tea towel. I love a tea towel. Yeah. I love a tea towel. And it's not just a normal tea towel. It is a tea towel designed by Toby Morris. Oh, that's spectacular. It's priceless. That (laughs) sounds great. And I mean that. And it's got celebrities on it. It's got the spin-off on it. Yeah. And it's going to look good in your kitchen. Yes. So if you're interested in that, you can also uh, sign up via... um, www.thespinoff.co.nz slash on the rag pod and that will take you through our special link which will get you a badge which is also designed by Toby Morris. Yeah. So if you're a Toby Morris super fan, I can't think of a better way and to celebrate. Why wouldn't Christmas. you be a Toby well, exactly. Morris super fan? Quite Everyone frankly. Is. Oh, I burped into the microphone. I'm very sorry <laughs> about that. Hi, this is Toby Manhire busting into your podcast to say please come and listen to our podcast too our podcast is gone by lunchtime i'm the host and together with ben thomas and annabelle lee mayfield we chew over the political issues of the day it's gone by lunchtime come and check us out the spinoff.co.nz gone by lunchtime and it's on all the podcast platforms you know you know where to find them seasonal glee <laughs> seasonal glee before we get on to i want to focus a bit on seasonal glee today and and gift gift buying and the pressures of christmas and the pressures of summer as well but before we get on to that i think we probably do need to look back on what was the biggest probably the only real story that was um really sent ripples i suppose through particularly women in new zealand which was the grace Mullane trial which played out through the media in a quite aggressive, mm. very overwhelming kind of a way. And I just kind of wanted to decompress mm. out of that. Mm. Can I talk about how what it felt like? I will never forget where I was when I heard the verdict because I knew that it was coming that Friday and 
<clears throat> the jury had been back in to ask the judge a question and said, we won't be, we won't be long now, sir. And so I hung very near the radio. And I was actually in the shower when they did a, um, a news break and said that he had been found guilty. And I fell on the floor of the shower and cried. Oh. It was such a relief. And I think so many of us felt like we were holding our breath mm. for mm -hmm. a very long time um, and didn't expect necessarily that he would be found guilty and the and what we'd all been holding on to for a long time. And at the same time, the coverage of the Amber Rose case in, was that in Christchurch? It was in Christchurch, wasn't it? Mm. That, I mean, those two cases running alongside each other was overwhelming. And, yeah, <clears throat> so huge relief and and all the, all the feels, really. Mm. It was a really interesting phenomenon, I thought. Kind of on reflection now, I'm like, Obviously, he was going to get charged. Like, you know, he was going to get sentenced. But at the time, you know, and like, as a lot of women on Twitter and everywhere were saying, like, it felt like we didn't know. We're yeah. so used to not winning these We're cases. We're so used yeah, to not totally. winning, even when it, everything's there in front of us. But like, it's like we've been so conditioned and gaslit yeah. by yeah. the world. We just expect injustice. Totally. Because yeah. the law's just there to be interpreted and manipulated by the best arguer, not yeah. to actually give justice yeah <laughs> if you're a woman or a minority that's how all of the legal system looks to you yes that's mm. right mm. yeah it gave me hope that I thought the summary by the uh the lawyer for the prosecution the crown prosecutor the day before the Thursday where he talked about intent to murder being so evident from behavior following the murder that that proved um, intent at the time, which for a little while felt like the thing that was missing in amongst all the victim blaming and shaming of not just Grace's memory, but mm. women who bore witness at the trial. Mm. Yeah. That was unbelievable. There was that, that woman who had had a history uh, with the accused and had what really read to me like been sexually assaulted absolutely right? yes by him yeah i think it's okay to say that yes, and I think um so. she was questioned there was an extraordinary someone wrote some of the lines of questioning that um that the defense kind of put in front of her and it was yeah said that um she had exaggerated what had happened she wasn't really scared she was being dramatic he asked her repeatedly why she didn't leave the situation earlier why she didn't raise concern about it and um, why she continued to text him. You know, it's just every single part yep. of her experience was torn apart and then said, quote, unquote, you want to portray yourself as a, bit, a bit of, of a, a victim. victim. And I think one of the the thing that came through in that excellent piece on the spinoff by Nicola Gavey and also another excellent piece by uh, Kirsty Johnston was that the men who were doing all the talking in this trial don't understand what the world looks like through women's eyes. Mm. That those behaviours of um, continuing to message someone because that's the safest thing you can do. If you cut them off, you're open to being stalked and they already know a lot of information. A whole lot of behaviours that women almost instinctively now understand they have to do to keep themselves safe, men have never thought about mm. and read mm. those behaviours in a completely different way. Mm. For sure. 
I was speaking to a woman who um, I've been interviewing on and off for about six months now because she's uh, still in the throes of her own kind of sexual assault case, which the man has been sentenced and is now appealing. Um, and this has been a kind of a two-year-long process and she's just stuck in it. And she just said, and this is the other thing that I think, I know that the media have to report on the details of these things and if, if the defence has a line of questioning that is victim-blaming and, and slut-shaming, that, that they still report on that. But the damage that it does and the messages that it sends to women who are stuck in the midst of a similar situation or who have had experience with sexual violence is just so fucking traumatic. And yeah. I don't know what you do about that. Like, I'm not calling out, you know, people for reporting on this stuff because it has to happen to a certain extent. Yeah. But I just wonder about all the repercussions of it. I know personally, like, I was in a real bind because I knew it was, like, really hurting my brain, but I couldn't stop reading it. I yeah. couldn't yeah. stop clicking on anything. I don't think it's unreasonable to expect media to actually think about the influence they have. Mm. And I, I don't mean just um, writing more responsibly about these things, because I do think that I, we're seeing a bit of a change in that respect. Mm -hmm. But as you wrote about the sort of constant push notifications and the a piece about every single aspect of, and like we're finally releasing the DMs between yeah, Grace and the accused. And, too far. You know, and it's, it's just like that, those are the things when you actually look at the sheer volume of content you're putting into the world are the mm. bits where I think media could do a lot better. Yeah. Mm. I th yeah. So in terms of media coverage, I think some people were incredibly – responsible and other people were very clickbaity. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that is making me hopeful is Jan Logie's bill to change the way that um, to changes to sexual violence legislation mm -hmm. that before that information gets uh, presented in court, it has to, any information about the victim's sexual history has to be approved by the judge. So it's not as they go along, mm. it's prior to it being presented in court, which means that there's information, I think already journalists were choosing how much information they were publishing, mm. but now the judge is going to have some that be a filter through which he or she can say this sexual history information is relevant or irrelevant. So, yeah. Oh, so that's it, cool. Yeah. So that's the point of that new yeah. legislation, um, which sounds um, really useful and positive. That's good. Yeah. Because criminal defence lawyers are going to do what they're paid to do. They, you know, it's so their they're job gonna, to get people exactly. Off. So they're just going to mark rake and. If, if there wasn't some kind of legislation like that in place, they would never stop framing women's sexual histories as yeah. a reason mm. for assault, yeah. ever. Yeah. There's no reason for them to because they're just trying to get a result for their client. Yeah. Mm. That's great. Yeah, it is. So, yeah, it looks really good. Speaking of positive changes, there's also some things that you can do if you want to channel all of this kind of pain of the past month into good things. Uh, Grace's family has actually launched their own charity uh, where they collect up handbags and fill them with kind of nice toiletries and, and useful things and um, it's called what's it called sorry hold on it's called love love grace I think you can find it on Instagram and they um, donate them to women who need them women suffering uh, at the hands of men uh, across the world so I think that's you know a good start there's a piece we published on the spin-off which I think we actually initially ran 
last December, uh, while when when mm. the news first broke uh, that, that Grace was was missing, about different ways you can donate your money and your time, and also take care of yourself. I mean, that's the thing I always find it a bit selfish, and when these stories are happening, that that's my instinct is I want to know how to stop feeling it. You know, yeah. um, I got to the point where like I was having nightmares about Grace Belaine because of all the coverage I was reading. Yeah. And I think that's why I know that I was like hurting me and it was bad for my brain. But at that point I'm like, I feel like that's when the responsibility's on the platform to stop. Yeah. I don't even have to click on the story to see the horror. Right. It's in the headline, it's in the photo, it's, it's, picture, it's, yeah. it's everywhere. And I just think, I don't know what we do give about us a it. Break. Yeah, just give us a break. Give us a break because I can't just write the stuff that, that helps and mm. not not just everything. Not just everything. Yeah. And maybe, well, so maybe I've been thinking a lot about um, what we do to take care of ourselves mm. and that the, I'm going to talk about feminist rage now off the yeah. back because one of the things that um, that I think we are encouraged to do when you're in a position like you were, Alex, where you're having nightmares about a case that's in the news is to pour a hot bath or... Um, buy a lipstick or be mindful or, (laughs) you know, those sort of personal individual things. And I am increasingly of the opinion that um, we're being told to buy a lipstick when actually we need to fucking shout our heads off. Right. Oh, my God, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And all that meditation, self-care, mindfulness is possibly patriarchal bullshit Mm. to some degree, Mm. not entirely. I mean, I have to do stuff for my own Mm -hmm. um, mental well-being as well. But it should go hand in hand with the opportunity to scream into a peopled void Totally. So, yeah. um, so I'm going to tell you about what we did in Wellington during the Verb Festival. There's, um, the Verb Festival runs uh, for a few days in Wellington in November, and then on the Saturday there's Lickrawl, and one of the events that I was part of, uh, and it was my favourite event of 2019, was Feminist Rage, where people were invited. It was basically an open mic where I emceed and we invited people to get up and talk about the things that fuck them off. And it could be a song or a poem or a rant or a whatever it wanted anybody, however they wanted to express it, for an hour at uh, Caroline's in Wellington. And it was just, so there are 180 oh people God. maybe, mostly women, uh, and um, people like Jessie Bray Sharpen, who I adore, got up and did a piece about historical women of history who haven't been remembered as they should be. Um, uh, someone else, Rebecca... Somebody did a fantastic, um, what's her name, Wainwright uh, song. It's bloody motherfucking. Martha. Martha, thank you. See, I wrote all this down and left my piece of paper on. <laughs> uh, and um, Melody Thomas got up and talked about some of her experiences of assault, which was so amazing. And I, you know, we I led the room in a fuck you cunt chant, which made me very happy. <laughs> And that, I think, opened the door for the amazing writer um, Becky Manawatu, who's just written a beautiful novel called Owe, to get up and tell a story about a boy who was murdered um, when she was a little girl that just, you know, the whole room collapsed. And so people were um, angry and um, full of rage and mournful and mm. people were funny. There was a woman, nobody seems to know who she was, but she was amazing. She did a she did a song about 
periods. It was so <laughs> fucking great. Um, and so, and we heard what women's voices sound like when mm. they're angry, mm. and we did some chanting. And I realized at one point that actually I could, you know, if I'd been a, an evil person, I could have taken them out on the street with pitchforks and torches. And we didn't do that. And so we kind of pulled it back with some warm and loving and nurturing shouty bits as well. But I think that might be what we need to do on a more regular basis is hear what women's voices sound like when they're angry. Oh, my God, that sounds amazing. I'm into it. Should so we, like, th- <laughs> let's open the phones. Yeah. <laughs> Dana? <laughs> Funny enough, that whole, that is, like, the reason for my um, Kia ora Queenie this month is someone who basically made me realise exactly the same thing, oh. that, like, all this fucking yoga and yeah. mindfulness stuff that I'm doing and then I came across this woman who was doing the opposite and just like raging. And I was like, oh, that's what I want to do. Yeah. Yay. That's amazing. Mm, yeah. It's also convenient how much of that self care, et cetera, et cetera, just feeds into it's like capitalism. capitalism. Yeah. It's all stuff that costs money, right? You still got to buy the fucking bath bomb and the, <laughs> and the lipstick, even if it's vegan. And no, get in a room and shout some shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I walked around the room at one point with a microphone and said to one of the women in the front, what, what's made you angry recently? And she, or what would you like to say to someone that you haven't said? And she said, um, uh, you never made me come. And it made the whole room just dissolve into <laughs> hysteria. And then I said, to the, the woman next to her said, I've got something I'd like to add. And she said, this is something I've never said, but I would really like to say to someone, you've made me come, you can go now. Oh, my God. <laughs> Can we come to the next one? Yeah. When's, when's yeah. the next one? Well, it was Claire Maybe's idea. Um, she's the director of the Verb Festival and Lit Crawl. And um, so big, big, huge applause to her mm. for thinking up this a concept. Idea. And I said to her, I want to do this everywhere around the country. And is that cool with you? And she said, absolutely, go for your life. So I think we should just do them at every opportunity. Get women in a room and say... Let's hear what your angry voice sounds like. Totally. That's fantastic. Yeah, it was great. It was amazing. Transformational. Transformational. I love love those nights. Shall we share our cool tips (sighs) of the month? Yeah. Things that have made our lives easier. What do we got? I stole mine. Yay. (laughs) I stole mine and I promised a cross-promotional plug here. I stole my cool tip from... Um, our colleague Simon Day, who is also the co-host of uh, our food podcast, Dietary Requirements, because um, he showed me this and I used it in the weekend and I just cannot believe that it works. But roasting nuts, it's one of those smells of Christmas, mm-hmm. albeit one that we've brought with us from colder climes, <laughs> but I do love a roasted nut. Turns out you can just roast them in the microwave. What? You get a perfectly toasty, crisp, roasted nut from three minutes in a microwave. <gasps> do you have, do you put oil in? Do you just, just you just put the nut? It's already full of oil. So you just put a raw nut. Just put a raw nut in the microwave. You got to keep an eye on them a little bit, but not anywhere near like with an oven. You know how like yeah. an oven they're like mm. raw and burnt in under five seconds. Yeah, mm. which I struggle with. Yeah. And it's got the same smells and everything? Yeah, delicious. Same just, feeling of Christmas? Then you sort of leave them to cool a little bit and then you've got like a perfectly crunchy <gasps> a roasted nut. That is fantastic. That's such a Simon Day. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was so amazed. Yeah, microwaves. 
Given us brain cancer, but sure, you know. yeah, why worth not? It. <laughs> worth it. Yeah, yeah, gotta die at something. Yeah. Anyway, that's my stolen cool tip. That's, that's a cool. lovely. It's a lovely Christmas tip as well, yeah, exactly. which is what we like here at On the Rag. So I've got a tip that um, it's going to be like one of my usual ones where I go, I discovered this, and you, everybody's going to go, Yeah, we all <laughs> knew that. <laughs> so you know, I, I had I, for a year. I've been having trouble with my skin. I'm sensitive to everything. Things bring me out in a rash. Sometimes it's pussy. Sometimes it bleeds. Sometimes it's cracked. And it's been going on for a year. And I went to a very fancy dermatologist, and she tested thirty things on my back for a week, mm. and then another wow. twelve ingredients that are from the skincare that I've been using. And she said, uh, "Stop using all of it. Use nothing." Uh, apart from, and I said, well, how do I wash my face and how do I moisturize it and what about sunscreen? And she said, you go to the medicinal part of the supermarket and you get a medicated face wash. Um, you know, I mean, I'm using Cetaphil, it doesn't matter, you can get other ones. I get a face wash and sorbeline cream and you can get medicated sunscreens with no huh. parabens or fragrances. And that's it. So I've spent probably $36 oh on gosh. a cleanser and a moisturizer and a sunscreen. And, uh, and my skin has completely cleared up. Wow. And she Man. said, stop using all that expensive stuff, save your money, and spend it on gin. <laughs> so that's my dermatologist's advice for Christmas. That's so different to the lady that told me I have too many secrets. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where's the regulation? $130, there you go. That's fantastic. I actually, I gave away all my skincare. I have followed medical advice as well and not the secrets advice. (laughs) And I'm now on a quite aggressive skin medication, but it's working. (gasps) And I I did the same thing over the weekend. I took all my expensive products because she was like, you don't need to put anything on your skin anymore. Just let it work and just use Cetaphil and like, don't worry. And so I gave all my expensive skincare away, and it's the best. It's the best feeling. feeling. I gave mine away too. It's like you never know. Um, excuse me, I didn't receive any expensive oh, skincare from either of you. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. And it's not just Cetaphil. I don't want to sound like an ad for them. That's what's working for me. But there's also Cebamed and, uh, you know, just in the, anything that looks really in the boring. And it's yeah. not in the skincare yeah. section. It's in the medicine section, <laughs> medicated face washes and, and stuff. So, yeah, that's it. I'm so glad to hear that. It's so great, eh? isn't it? Yeah. So good. Um, I have a little tip, which is just if there's any pet owners out there going away for Christmas who haven't sorted the care of their pet, I found this site called Pawshake, pawshake.co.nz, which actually Laura Getty put me on, who's an amazing woman who's um, a corny, if we've got any crossover with the RealPod listeners right now. I interviewed her recently. She's been a full-time house sitter for like six years. She doesn't Fantastic. have a, you know, she just goes from house yep. to house. Yep. And she has all these amazing like insights about your home as a concept and how many things you need to carry with you, what you really need. Um, but she told me as well, she also uh, uh, works, operates on the site called Porsche, where people who just love animals sign up and for like, you know, $20, 15 $20 you can book them in to come in for 30 minutes to feed and play with your cats and then leave oh, again. That's um, yeah, because I was freaking out that I was like, oh, my family's going away. We've got two cats. We don't have like an auto feeder and cateries are crazy expensive. Yeah, and they're not good for the cats. 
Psyche. Yeah, I've only heard bad things about catteries. So I checked out this website and there's like, it shows you people in your area and they've all got like their long CVs and recommendations. It all looks pretty legit. And so I found this lovely woman called Jessie who's going to come in Uh and feed my cats. Cool. I'm so excited. That's but yeah, really good. I thought I'd left it too late and I was really worried. But if you're in the same position as me, poreshake.co.nz. So do, do they come into the house and, yes, yeah. so you leave a key for I'll them? Leave a key. I'm gonna, we have a meeting. We have an introduction. You yeah. can make a little – what I loved about it is you make a little profile for your pets, oh. like a little Facebook profile, and you get to write about their personality and, like, put in, like, little photos. I bet you <laughs> loved that. <laughs> it was a good time. <laughs> it was a good time. But oh, yeah, that's really good. I like it. Um, also, while we're talking about our rage, I just wanted to rage about something that I saw on Facebook. Um, as we are getting into summer, I'm starting to get all the lovely targeted ads about how I'm just a horrible oh. troll <laughs> who needs every treatment to be acceptable. To be summer ready. Exactly. Do not I- expose <laughs> your disgusting face and body to oh. the world until... Exactly. All the experts. Summer's very demanding and needy, it's isn't so it? For, as a season. It's so demanding. But I got this sponsored ad from um, Off and On, which admittedly I've been to before. That's where I got my uh, Brazilian. Yes. For, oh, yeah. For the On the Rag Indeed. TV show. And they well, were lovely off to and on. Exactly. And then very much on <laughs> and continuing to be on since. Um, <laughs> but they were so nice to me and it was a great place. But I saw this ad from this place that said it was like, Brows, Brazilians, and now dot 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 Botox. We're excited to share our take on essential maintenance for the next decade. Essential. And that's the word that made me go, fuck off. Yeah. Essential maintenance. Nah. Nah, right? Yeah. It shouldn't be not like. Yeah. None of it's essential. None of this no. is essential. It's all for fun. Or sh- at least should be. Yeah, it should yeah. be fun. Also, I think it's, it's a bit where you go, I mean, and stick a needle in your face. That's not essential. That's not. Yeah. I don't. That's uh, normalizing it uh, too much for me. I'm a don't, I'm being judgy now, and and I think I've talked about before that I have an anxiety wrinkle in between my two eyes that I get shot a couple of times a year with some Botox so that I don't look like I'm constantly <laughs> terrified and <laughs> upset and worried. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I wouldn't. I don't just essential. Yeah. Would nah. you promote that as essential to just everyone on Facebook? That's yeah. the thing, is yeah. like I'm not sure who that's going in front of. Well, twenty year olds apparently are now doing preemptive um yeah. shooting the the serum into their faces. Mm. I think it's worth just remembering they but what it does is it paralyzes a muscle. I'm just saying. I'm just Yeah. That's yeah. And if you get it, that's cool. If you want to do that, that's fine. Sure. But if you want to promote it as essential maintenance, I think you should just take a hard look at, at what you're saying there yeah. and the message that you're sending to people who are already bloody stressed about everything yeah. on Facebook. And saturated. Saturated with that messaging. Oh, yeah. And in the words of my dermatologist, just save your money for gin. <laughs> <laughs> just that also some. relaxes the frown. It does. <laughs> it does. It does. <laughs> it certainly does. But yes, I found that um I found that quite annoying. I've started I uh, shaved my legs for the first time, everyone. Oh, for nice. summer. Woo! Went all the way. Went all the way up. All the way. I tra- can I just say I tried to grow my armpit here because I but I, I, it turns out I, I 
It's like one of those men in Movember and it turns out that they just can't. Some people just can't grow a moustache. I can't grow my armpit hair. I haven't done them for months. Fuck you. Oh. <laughs> but I find that disappointing. Just describe what I was saying. It was not a lot of hair. I don't feel bad for you We did not see hair. That's what prompted the fuck you from Leone. I don't understand it. Theatre of the mind. My good friend said to me after our body hair episode for On the Rag that she, because she is also a naturally completely hairless person, and that she was jealous of the the weight yes. of my underarm yes hair. luxurious mm. I was like fuck you don't <laughs> be out here being jealous of this thing that I've been told is disgusting my whole life because um, you've got your lovely natural hairless body like mm. by all means I'm I'm fine with being hairy but I was like yeah you're not jealous oh, no I, one's I, jealous I, of that I was a bit I am a bit really I feel, I feel less of a Less of a woman for not being able to grow <laughs> armpit hair. Well, that's great that that's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Can right, you get, um, like, Merkins? Underarm Merkins? This is a great idea. Yeah. I could just from the $2 shop get the, some of those little goatees and stick, yeah. those, <laughs> stick them underneath. But can you get ones that aren't your natural hair colour? So like yeah. I have a bright purple, ginger um, beard red. that I used for the myth-busting I could, thing, which you could. I could do some sniffing with that and pop them, pop it in. You could go white for Christmas. I'm going to do it. <laughs> Santa, Santa baby. I could make a little little Santa beardy thing with a bow. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's, it's opened up a whole lot of crafting <laughs> opportunities for me, so I'm happy. Can I ask you both a personal question? Yes, just yes. between us. Yeah. What do you do with your bikini line in summer? I trim it so it doesn't hang out of my togs. Okay, just that much. What, what scissors do you use? I don't, I don't. Oh, I don't. Or do you I, use a little clipper? Scissors. I use scissors. Really? Yeah. No, fuck yeah. I just shave. <laughs> I shave around the edges of my lady garden. Uh, yeah, you t- you do a squat position, yeah. not a full squat. You just do a yeah. legs akimbo. What is that? I don't know what I'm doing now. <laughs> like make a bridge. You're doing something. Yeah. Make right, a bridge. Oh yeah, that's a good way to and it. then and with the. Very carefully, just to go on the inside, not not inside. Yeah. What? Oh, <laughs> that's when you get the around mm. the top of your thighs. Yeah, just yeah. so I just and I just trim enough so that it doesn't hang out of my togs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the extent to which I do it as well. Also, I've kind of found that because of a puku, it's not actually possible for me to shave any more than that along the edges. It's just like the thigh edge. Yeah, and that's it. And then mm. I wear boy short togs. And mm. I, I, for the pubic hair that we're, God, I'm being very open. It's like Melody Thomas this is in the room. It's just between us. <laughs> <laughs> um, if I want to trim the length of what is left, I get a comb and a little pair of scissors. And you right, put a comb. You put a comb <laughs> in, and, and then trim across the so that the comb is between your body and the scissors. That's so there's smart. no That's chance. It's like a little funny barbershop. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's just like that. <laughs> Sorry, groomer. Yeah. <laughs> and Do you use proper hairdressing scissors or no. like kitchen snips? No, I've got some very um some little little scissors that I use for yeah, that. I have used I have kitchen used scissors. just bog standard scissors from the office. <laughs> not this office. <laughs> no, 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 not this office. The office at home. The office at home. <laughs> the office at home. <laughs> okay. I'm like, Kieran, can I use the scissors? <laughs> 
Joe has scissors. Not that My partner says it. Not that there's anything wrong. I mean, you know, it's not like you're going to catch something but off the scissors that somebody used to cut their hair. Yeah, it's fine. So mm. it's just the thought of it. <laughs> but, yeah, because some, sometimes we're, you know, like quite long. Like, right, it, yeah, like yeah, In yeah. your kind of combing situation. Mm. I understand. Bog standard scissors. I just asked that because I, I tried to have a go with the old razor and I instantly just shaving bumps and, like, right. really crazy dramas there and I'm wondering if, oh, if there's another way. Oh, I remember she had some tips ages ago when uh, I started discovering all those great like ho tips Instagram yes. accounts and a lot of them were like from strippers and like how to handle like um, razor bumps and burns and stuff mm. and they were like alcohol wipes and these were like people who were like I shave every single day mm. and then I just make sure that I go over everything with like alcohol wipes so that your pores are completely clean and closed right this after you finish shaving and then it's always like yeah. totally smooth. Great. Yeah. The other thing I go with body gloves, you know, the exfoliating body gloves from the body uh, shop. Not when oh, I'm shaving, well, but you just a good exfoliate idea. after after you've shaved. The action you're doing. Yeah. There you go. That one there. <laughs> <laughs> just get on there. Get on there. Round the back. Wow. Yeah. But it's interesting that we we all do it. Yes. So none of us have little tufts going on. Oh, I sometimes do. Mm. I mean, I wear boy short togs anyway, but there's sometimes tufts. I'm not that fussed. If yeah. I was wearing like a full sort of high cut Brazilian cut bikini, I probably wouldn't go as tufty. Mm. I think with like a boy short, no one really notices. No. I don't get how you wear those high cut bikinis. My no. Without things coming out. Yeah. Yeah. Either side. Yep. Yeah. I don't get it either. It's no. a lot of adjustment all the time. Yeah. 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 I feel like I need to stick it. I want to stick yeah. it with glue. I think after, because when I was pregnant, I did a lot of swimming and I didn't buy maternity togs because that seemed silly. Um, so my ordinary togs turned into a bit of a high cut scenario because <laughs> they had to go a long way over the bump. And I didn't realize, because, you know, you can't see what's going on there, that, yeah, no bits were falling out. <laughs> Coming out all over the time. Oh, well. That's all right. No, That's all right. Not, I do not quite like right. how high cut togs look. I think they look, they make your legs look crazy. Oh, they crazy look amazing and, and they make your bum just, look insane. It's a bit much admin for me. But I'm like, insane bum, kind of exposing some sort of labia. I don't know. It's a difficult <laughs> trade off for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what I really want to wear is one of those like skirts. Bring back like oh, the, the water skirt. Your little pretty skirt. Because then you don't need to worry about anything. Hey, they've got heaps of them at Kmart. Do they? Oh, yeah. <gasps> Kmart, Kmart, if you're a. a Bigger or older person have got a great range of stuff that has like underwire in it and ruching if you care about that sort of thing yeah. and like like mix and match stuff so you can get like a t-shirt cut or a bikini top with a boy leg or a bike short or whatever. Like it's great. It's for normal the normal people. Tons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Um, did I tell you that I actually. Without realizing it, got sucked in. You know how there's always those Herald stories being like, Kmart product gone viral, and it's always like a vacuum cleaner or something. I bought a pair of togs. Yeah. From that. Did I talk about this last week? Last no. Week? I, don't, I don't believe And it. I didn't realize that I had been viral marketed to me until I got home. Oh. And I was like, put them on. And I was like, holy shit, these are the togs that I saw on the Herald the other day. <laughs> and it was this like amazing leopard print bikini, like two piece. It's got tummy control. Oh, yeah. Big time, yeah, high cool. waisted, um, but yeah, it's that whole the, the bikini women are going crazy for it. It was all over all these websites, and I just didn't realize that I had been influenced subconsciously. Wow! 
and I brought them home. But yeah, Kmart's definitely worth a look. Yeah. Really good underwire stuff. Yeah. Really great. Great. Really great. Um, some good news. First male contraceptive uh, set to be released soon in India, mm-hmm. and all it means is you have to get an injection straight into your ball sack. <laughs> oh. <laughs> They'll be lining up around the block. Yeah. Loving it. Boys love that. <laughs> yeah. So close to the testicles. Not quite. Not quite in it's there. Not gonna it's not going to take off. It's well, going to take off. I don't know. It lasts for 13 years. That's oh. the plan. So it's an alternative to a permanent vasectomy. Oh. So it's not It's not like you have to inject yourself every day or every month or every yeah. time you have sex. It's you get that injection. Can you get smaller amounts so that it doesn't last as long? It doesn't say that they've done mm. that. But I think that for somebody who doesn't want to have children for a long period of time but doesn't want to have a full vasectomy or has a cultural possible reason for not doing that. I don't know. Mm. Anyway, so there's a possibility. You would want the thing about male contraception for me is that it's, I, I would find it hard to trust mm-hmm. that they, you know, if somebody said I had my testicles injected and I can't make babies for 13 years, I would find it so hard. Until men are equally responsible for pregnancy, childbirth, and parenting, I'd find it really hard to. I mean, you'd probably only be having unprotected sex with someone you were already in a relationship with then. So you'd probably, like, be at the point. Yeah. You'd be like. Yeah. "Mm, Yeah, you can probably. I probably trust you to. Yeah. I just can't see it taking off. I the. A needle in your balls situation and be it lasting for such a long time. But don't you I mean, maybe the fact time. that it's launching in India means that, like, there's <clears throat> reasons mm. that that's the market that it's maybe most needed in. I don't know. Mm. But Surely a needle in the balls is less invasive than a smear. I mean, you know, it's a. I'm not. There's uh, yeah. thin needles. You have to go under local anesthetic as well, though. So. Oh, really? Oh, well, yeah. oh, right. what, a, what a bunch but of. I feel like every. Like two years, there's like an announcement about a male contraceptive. Mm. And I always, then it just, you just never hear about it again. And sometimes it's a patch and sometimes it's a pill. And <laughs> yeah, everyone's true. like, the revolution is here. Men are going to have to take some responsibility. And then you never hear about no. it ever again. And I, I feel like they're not actually trying very hard yeah. on what they develop. Yeah. We're not really doing their best thinking on it. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I don't know that there's an appetite. Yeah. Well, I think that's the problem. The market's not screaming for this because they're like, well, the ladies are doing a good enough job. Yeah. Yeah. We'll leave you to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so stay tuned for that. Take a pill every day. <laughs> um, there's a horrible, I don't even know if this is a mansplain moment. It's just real yuck. There's news about T.I. and his daughter's hymen checks mm-hmm. every birthday. Mm-hmm. Rapper T.I. takes his daughter along to the Doctor? Disgusting. It's revolting. It's unbelievable. It's bullying and invasion of privacy and um, a, a violation of, of a young woman's human rights for her father to take her to the gynecologist every year to check that her hymen is intact, which is bullshit also because you can break your hymen with a tampon or a bicycle. You don't have to put just riding a bicycle is what I mean. Um, or uh, playing sports or just about anything, really. Even, like, in the conversation, the doc- he talks about how the doctor explains that to him, that you can break your home in the horse riding, any kind of athletic activity. And he just says to the doctor, 
she doesn't ride no horses and she doesn't ride no bikes, so just check the hymen and we'll be on our way. Yeah, it's really so, controlling. So um, crazy. The nice part, the update, is that New York State lawmakers have introduced bills that would stop doctors from performing virginity exams, and it's di- directly following on from this chat from TI about oh, how he's mm. keeping this. So this just came out yesterday or the day before. Um, yeah, so they say that it's what we just said, a violation of human rights and they um, the bill would wouldn't outlaw all medical hymen examinations but specifically the performance of hymen examinations on women as a means to ascertain whether a woman is a virgin imagine being so wildly off the mark with your like opinions that the law changes <laughs> yeah yeah because <laughs> yeah. of something you said on because a chat of show. something you said on a podcast yeah <laughs> if only we had that power <laughs> 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 oh, that, that, that speaks so much to the patriarchal view that virginity has value. It yeah. doesn't have mm, value. Mm. It's meaningless. Yeah, I don't understand. Well, I do understand, but it's it's bullshit. It's it led to um, a very good reductress headline. Oh yeah. Do you guys follow reductress? I Sometimes, do. Yes. I'm a big fan of reductress, and the headline was. Oh, where did it go? Why I accompany my son to the penis doctor to make sure his schlong is bone dry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) Love reductress. So good. Every morning I get up and I swab my son's penis just to make sure it hasn't been anywhere. So that's great. Just normal. Normal behavior for a parent. (laughs) Oh dear! Should we talk a little bit about our Christmas? We've got Christmas coming up. We Christmas will be. Um, this is probably the prime time to do it, actually, because our final part of the year will probably be too yes. late for people if you're embarking on Christmas shopping or you're already already in the thick of it. Can oh. I just also just say a, a really quick fuck you to everybody who's finished their Christmas shopping? I'm <laughs> sick of hearing that nonsense from do people. Do those people exist? Oh, uh, and you know, it was when somebody says in October or September that they've already done their Christmas shopping, all I can think is I bet they're really shit presents. Mm. I bet they're thoughtless. Mm. It's probably not true, and I apologise. <laughs> well done. It's Congratulations. A bit, it's a bit aggressive, Love Michelle. and support to everybody who's <laughs> all <laughs> finished on the Christmas shopping. Well done. I've I done a little bit. Respect and admire you. Love and light. Love What'd you get me? Light. What's mine? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try and not buy anything new this Christmas. Right? Yay, that's cool. I've already, I've only bought one thing, and it was on Trade Me. I love Christmas shopping on Trade Me. It is my favorite thing in the whole world. I spend hours scouring through yeah. bizarre, like the antiques and collectibles, kind of weird nice. as weird as categories. Shopping from the comfort of your own house, exactly. No and getting in bidding wars. No buses to catch. Cursing people who live in Lower Hut, bidding against me on <laughs> redacted <laughs> product. <laughs> <laughs> that clown ceramic is mine. <laughs> um, but yeah, is there anything else? Any other little uh, little little tips or anything you want to share coming into Christmas? Well, I am working on at the moment what will be an annual tradition, which is the um, Atia Kirihimeti gift guide. So that is how to support Māori businesses and makers, although this year we're making it Māori and Pacifica businesses and makers. And so 
I'm like halfway through like this mega list of like amazing stuff and it's really hard to like narrow everything down and like coordinate all the bits and pieces and make sure that you know everyone has like a shop either in real life or a website that you can go to but there's some fucking cool stuff man and like heaps of it is um like cosmetics and things although cosmetics the wrong word when you're talking about rongoa maori nice stuff for your skin Mm, mm, mm. cosmetics makes Mm. it sound like it's just like surface but rongoa is like skincare i guess um heaps of stuff like that so people are really leaning into traditional knowledge with native ingredients and then using like they're not their local knowledge around how those ingredients work because it can vary from area to area, which I really like. And lots of cool handmade, lots of jewelry, and yeah, nice. it's beautiful. So keep an eye out for that gift guide. It'll be up in with well, it'll be up by the time this podcast comes out. That's great. I'm using um, the, there are two stores in my neighborhood, both of them are independently owned by. A woman, different two different women. So I've done so whatever shopping I've done so far has been on those two stores. Um, presents for grandchildren is um, uh, experiences. I'm taking my granddaughter to the Royal New Zealand Ballet. Ooh, I know, uh, very excited. She's excited. Um, Showing her, show her photos. Uh, it's very cool. And uh, and then my um, delightful partner came home with the books that he's giving to the grandchildren, and they're all feminist books, feminist oh, picture books, bless. like on Jean Batten and uh, various. So yeah, so yeah, yeah, not not bad, not bad. <laughs> so yeah, so just trying to be really. Um, thoughtful about sending my money to local businesses and mm. giving people experiences rather than stuff. Yeah. I'm into that. I'm into that. Um, I did our, our last episode of the On The Rag web series, uh, which is still still in the production process, but should be out by the end of the year, is about sort of sustainability and gift buying. And I did an interview with uh, the woman who owns Crushes on uh, Karangahapi Road. And she was talking about something that I hadn't really thought of, which I am definitely guilty of, which is like the novelty gift as a concept and how that's all just just pure waste. Yeah, <laughs> Like I'm all about, my favorite thing is like giving a gift that someone laughs at hard out when they open it and then they actually... You know, they didn't. They don't do anything with it after that. And I'm yeah. so guilty of that because I love that moment of surprise and joy. And mm, mm-hmm. trade-off is difficult for me. Yeah. Which is why I'm looking on the antiques and collectibles part yeah. of trade mix. <laughs> if it's secondhand and it's funny, then it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and re-gifting hilarity, you know, yeah. you can be comfortable with um, then gifting it to somebody next year. That's true. As long as it's not back to you. You've got to be very careful with the re-gifting that you know where it came from. Mm. Well, so everyone in my family is getting a spin-off book. For oh, that's yes. Everybody's getting it. Well, a spin-off book and a funny ass this year. Oh, nice. Yeah, yes. good. Available in all good bookstores. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How much does it cost? Thirty-eight. Even cheaper. Thirty-eight dollars. And I'm not hosting Christmas. Oh, hey! So excited about that. That's so great. Going to Tauranga and uh, and hanging out with the grandchildren at the hot pools and having oh. fish and chips on the beach. No one's cooking. Perfect. It's going to be great. Great. Perfect. Shall we plow into our watch club and read club, especially coming up to, you know, summer break? It's always good to have some stuff to chill out to. I, um, I'm i terrible. I only just watched Billy Elliot. For the first time. For the first it's so good. time in my whole life. Wow. I'm kind of jealous that you had that as a 
You know, like, so I wish I could see it for the first time. I And I, I did, I was like, in the moment, you know, I'm having trouble at the moment with um, watching things in general. I have start and stop about four different movies yes. before I settle on a film, yes. and I hate it. And it's really, it's starting to really become something that bothers me and gives me a lot of anxiety when I sit down to relax in front of Netflix. That yeah. I just don't want to fucking choose. Yeah. I don't know how I feel. I don't know what I need right now. I don't know what's good. Mm. So I was like, throwback Thursday. Billy Elliot seems like a classic thing. Oh, so good. I cried. I wept the whole time. Yay. I wanted to dance. I really <laughs> loved it. I also really enjoyed, I watched Ingrid Goes West, which has oh, also I just arrived on it. Netflix uh, quite recently. It's Aubrey Plaza and Elizabeth Olsen. Um, and it's, a, it's, it's like an interesting, I feel like it's one of the best movies I've seen about social media, kind of, uh, what's the word? Obliquely? Like, like not directly about social media, mm-hmm. but it's about the, the impacts of it that, that is, like, not real on the nose. Like, it's just, it's about Aubrey Plaza's kind of spiral into becoming obsessed with, like, a perfect Instagram woman who is Elizabeth Olsen and eventually moving to L.A. and kind of following her in real life and becoming just way too close um, it's really really good I just highly recommend it it's just just a fantastic film cool. what do you guys got I watched Booksmart yes. which you loved didn't you oh. and it was I god I love it I really I want to watch it again but I watched it on a plane and um, and the man sitting next to me on the plane when it got to the sex scene in the bathroom which is so gorgeous oh, yeah. and funny and he got really uncomfortable <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and I there was a moment because I, I watched you know things on planes before and realise that there's a child sitting next to me and suddenly there's something going on that shouldn't be seen by it and you go, oh, I didn't, didn't want to watch that at all. <laughs> yeah. No, I will go find yeah. something else. But I just looked at him and went, ah, fuck you. Just, yeah. I don't know, just, um, this is up. normal. This is, this isn't, yeah, so anyway. It was great. Know. What a great movie. Oh, it's such a it's good movie. so um, oh, fantastic script wonderful dialogue it's just the the whole tone and attitude of it was wonderful it made me very happy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you got through the sex scene okay the man <laughs> me, was all right. oh yeah he, he, was, okay? he was okay he was yeah. okay he wriggled in his seat a little bit yeah. and gave me the odd look out of the corner of his eye and fuck him it's amazing he didn't pretend to be asleep that's the classic, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I just, I just, no, he probably eyes. was like, <laughs> also <laughs> wanted to watch it, but was yeah. also scandalized, but would yeah. start watching. Yeah, he can yeah. do. I, mean, I had to watch the Air New Zealand safety video that involved the ladies in the swimsuits. So um, we've all been uncomfortable oh. on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just shooting it around. Um, I watched this last week, or maybe the week before. Um, a film on that's been on Netflix for like two years, but I just decided I didn't want to watch it. Um, it's called Okaja by Bong Joon Ho, who's a South Korean director. And I had been aware of this movie, but it wasn't until I watched his film that came out this year, Parasite, which won the Palme d'Or at Cannes. Oh, yes. And Parasite was my absolute favorite movie of this year. Absolutely loved it. Amazing, sort of like brutal but also really darkly funny sort of look at class in Korea and this family sort of trying to manipulate their way up the social ladder. It's gorgeous to look at. It's totally brutal in its um, like critiques of capitalism. It's just amazing. And so I was looking for other films of his and then realised that this movie I'd been avoiding on Netflix was his 
Okaja, which is about a sort of like this dystopian film about um, the production of like this new kind of super pig, which is supposedly going to um, consume less, have a smaller carbon footprint um, and be this like amazing new futuristic meat source. And then there's this corporation in charge of it um, with Tilda Swinton at the head of it. And she mm. is so deranged and amazing. But the, the reason I thought it was like a cool, like on the Rag Watch Club is the central character is this young girl, teen, preteen, very young. Um, and she's basically been tasked with like raising one of these super pigs for the corporation. And then the corporation are going to come back and take it away. And so she has to fight to get her friend back because they basically have like a psychic link at this point. And she's just so incredible and nuanced. And the actress is just like, just like this intense, like she's just one of the coolest female characters I've seen in a movie in such a long time. Wow. Also never eating red meat ever again. Had a much more profound effect on me than any documentary I've ever, really? ever seen about vegetarianism. Wow. These like made up animals yeah, somehow. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, absolutely. Again, like really scathing critique on, again, capitalism and food production and mm. greenwashing and like using those kinds of messages to sort of sell capitalism to people yeah. as well as sort of, you know, mass farming. It's amazing. Can He's I, amazing. Can I have some ham for Christmas and then watch it? Sure. Okay. Yeah, don't do it <laughs> don't the other, do way, the other around. way around. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So that sounds great. Um, you hit me at Tilda Swinton. To I know. Honest. Yeah, always. She's incredible. Has she got like a wig and some interesting teeth in? Oh, yeah. Yeah, God, yeah, I love that. <laughs> big, big old teeth. <laughs> Actually two bit. different characters in the film. So oh, she's got a couple of wigs and a couple of teeth. <laughs> <laughs> so great. Um, I also wanted to shout out a book I've just started reading on on my old Kindle, which is called Her Body and Other Stories by Carmen Maria Mercado. It's this amazing like collection of short stories. I don't normally like a short story. I'm going to be oh. completely honest. Short stories, short films, two of the oh. art forms I struggle with the okay, most. Yeah. But this one's like a bit sexy. <laughs> it's, it's okay like, when it's erotic. It's a little bit erotic. It's like... Her, her stories, they're all, as, as the as the title kind of suggests, she's very, like, obsessed with the body and the way that the body operates and bodies relating to each other. So, like, there's often, yeah, it's often a bit kind of in the weeds and fluids and stuff. But then it's also kind of, like, horrible as well. It's, like, just really interesting. Like, stories can pivot into, like, a horror story from something, you know, quite sexy. And it just it's all over the place. It starts off very real and then they go incredibly fantastical and bizarre and almost, like, fairy tales or, like, like old, who's that? It's uh, Christian Anderson. Like those kind of darkness mm-hmm. yep. kind of comes through. I've just really been enjoying it. I also found that's why like the short story or the essay is all I can read before bed now. Yeah. yeah otherwise yeah. I just, I can't stick with like a long form thing because my brain's broken. Mm. And it's not my fault. <laughs> but now I'm getting into short stories. So every cloud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Short stories are good. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's her body and other stories. Do we have any other reads? Any other read clubs? I um, Have we talked about Caroline Calloway before, the influencer? Ah. The one who had the car crash creativity workshops? I don't know if we have. So she was an influencer, um, had, like not one of the sort of mega influencers, had like sub a million followers, but a lot of followers. And she decided to do this tour of creativity <laughs> workshops, which were like fire festival car crash. She was like charging people $165 <laughs> 
to attend and then couldn't deliver on all the stuff that she'd promised. Like she promised to like make everyone lunch and they ended up getting like a piece of soggy eggplant on some spinach and just super disorganized, couldn't follow through on any of her big ideas. Um, But then she also got given like a six-figure book deal. And the ghostwriter for that was this woman, um, Natalie Beach. So her and this woman, Natalie Beach, were like friends. Um, But the book process went on and on and on and on and on and it turned into this like very toxic thing that a lot of people were sort of experiencing through social media. And then finally Natalie Beach wrote about the experience. So they were sort of like seven years, I guess, of friendship. And it is the most amazing thing I've read in ages. It is like, it's about just the most toxic friendship imaginable. It's about sort of like class differences and being out of, you know, feeling out of place yeah. and, um, yeah, it's just like, it's it's also just sort of like all of our modern ills mm. in person form. Like Caroline Calloway is such a flawed, like, yeah, she's like a, a walking version of every problem <laughs> we have. And so, but she's very relatable for that reason as yeah, well yeah. as being someone mm. like just like you couldn't imagine being friends with this person because yeah. she's so toxic. Yeah. Yeah. It's really great. So the, the story is called The Story of Caroline Calloway and Her Ghostwriter Natalie by Natalie Beach, and it's on the cut. Great. And if I've actually <coughs> never mentioned this before, because I tell everyone, if you have stories like online features or whatever that you want to save to read later. Yeah. I use an app called Instapaper. Oh. Um, and so it's like an app on my phone and then you also log in and you've got a little widget on your desktop. Yeah. And so you just click the widget and it saves all these stories that you want to come to <gasps> later in one app, but also saves them offline. Oh, so it's not like putting them through Safari and no. then you're on a plane and you go, where's it? Now? It's all downloaded offline so this is what I do for my summer reads is anything I didn't get around to reading throughout the year I say I just add them to my insta paper and good for planes as well again because it's offline insta paper insta paper there's probably other apps that do the same thing I want your one yeah that's another reading tip so you can save them on your computer and it goes to your telephone yeah that's crazy little eye widget here that is so cool just click that and it saves whatever page that I'm is on. That's a hot tip. We should yeah. actually do like summer long form reads of the year, right? Yeah. 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 Um, a couple of books that I read uh, were um, Renee Liang and Michelle Powell's When We Remember to Breathe, which is this amazing uh, book that they wrote. They sent chapters to each other. Well, it was originally paragraphs. When, when they were pregnant, they were both pregnant at the same time and they wanted to record that it ended up that they wrote it over two years, I think. Um, and so they would send each other a paragraph. This is what is going through my mind as I wait to birth this child. And it's beautiful. It's um, They're both incredible writers, and it's really poetic and lovely and an, an amazing record of um, pregnancy and birth and those early years with children, which we don't write about because we're too fucking tired. Mm. And... And so that, you know, they don't get recorded. Um, so I found those really exciting. And also cool. uh, Amy Brown's Neon Days, which is, uh, she's a beautiful writer and poet who uh, started 
the first day of her son's life writing notes on a hospital serviette, and she wrote a little thing every day for the first nine months of his life, I'm thinking, or six months. So she yeah, wrote a, like a poem every day, basically, and then went back and looked at all her notes on various bits of paper and wrote a commentary to go cool. with them. And it's really beautiful. It's really poetic and um, uh, uh, sort of floating in the air stuff. Yeah. But it's really lovely. So they'd be great gifts for anybody who is about to have children or is dealing with the early years of Having the little darlings. Yes. Yeah. Little angels. That was a great read club. Can I just say? Good grief. <laughs> the range. Get your reading list ready. Let's finish up with our Kelda Queenie oh, of yeah. the month. Oh, who's been yeah. doing cool shit. I would like to nominate a child. <laughs> Kaylee Dryden, who fought. She's seven years old and she wrote a letter. I've forgotten where her school was. Dunedin St. Francis Xavier Catholic School mm. wrote to the principal and the board outlining her frustrations uh, with her school pinafore and, and put on a really passionate case for wearing shorts. And she won. Hey. And I just really liked this little quote from Kaylee now that she's been able to wear shorts to school. I can hang upside down. I can be free. It's fun and good on the monkey bars. And I, I was just want like, that tattooed oh. on my shoulder. Kills me. You're a That's hero. Beautiful. The wisdom, the poetry. So that's my itty bitty Kilda Queenie. That is fantastic. My shout out is to the four of the women whose stuff, I, well, you, yeah, as well as Alex, Alex Casey makes five, uh, who have sat through days and days and days of the Grace Mullane case. Um, and the Amber Rose case as well, and have written thoughtful pieces mm. that um, distill lots of the ideas and give us a way forward. So Nicola Gavey, Ali Moore, um, um, Kirsty Johnston, and Melody Thomas all wrote pieces that made me go, I'm really glad you did the heavy lifting for us on that one and came up with some wise things. Mm-hmm. a Queenie. 100%. Um, mine's also a child. Yes. Uh, she's English, but she's got quite a big Twitter presence. Um, so she's called Nandy Bushel and she's a drummer. She's nine years old. And she regularly releases these videos of her drumming along to her favorite rock songs. And so she's who I referred to earlier when you were talking about like raging instead of soothing as a way of Mm. getting stuff, calming yourself down. And so I was having sort of like a, you know, why am I stressed? Why am I anxious? Why are all these things I'm doing not working? And then I saw this video of her drumming to In Utero by Nirvana and yelling. (gasps) It's not just the drumming. It's the fact that she just yells at the top of her lungs the entire time that she's drumming. And I was like, I want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) That looks so much better than yoga. (laughs) And so now I follow her and like all of her videos are like equally sort of like joyful and energetic And, like, as you can imagine, because this is the internet, people are dicks to her, or rather about her. Like, it's not it's not news that a girl can drum. Anyone can play the drums. Because she's also, like, a young girl of colour as well, and people are like, you're only famous. <laughs> but actually, she's famous because she is an energetic powerhouse of joy oh, love who it. loves what she does. Mm. Does it make you feel great when you're watching yes. her? <gasps> it is. Insta- it's like drugs. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> instantly high every time I it's watch one of her videos. So Candy, 
Nandy Bushel is my yeah. other queenie for the month. Nandy Bushel. Yeah. That is the perfect name. Perfect name. She's delightful. I want to go and watch some vids right now. Yeah, I recommend <laughs> it. All right. Thank you so much for sticking around with us. Made it to the end of the podcast. We'll be back one more time this year for our – we're going to do a year in review. One what are we going to do? Time. Yeah. I don't know. What's the rest of that song? I'm I was going to go celebrate. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, thank you very much to the Women's Bookshop. Thank you to you at home. <laughs> Wow. And this is where I always rest up to pants today. So beautiful. Um, we'll see you next month. Goodbye. <laughs> see you later. Just dance. <laughs>